tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Recorded live. All right, welcome into NFR Live, January 9th. And, uh, you know, right now it's hard. It's just hard to even find people that are fishing, especially here on the North Shore. Everything's shutting down. But uh, I venture to guess that our next guest has got uh, has been fishing. I know he's always on the water, whether he's hunting, fishing. Um, so keeping my fingers crossed. But I think, Zach, Zach, you've probably been fishing in the last two or three days. Am I correct? You're pretty correct in assuming that. I'm one of the crazy ones <laughs> that's been out there. Uh, the The cold weather doesn't bother me. I actually prefer it over the um, over the warmer weather. It keeps a lot of other anglers off the water. You kind of have a lot more options, and um, and I feel like you know it kind of concentrates those fish a little bit more. So we've been doing all right the last few days. What What was your last trip? You went to you went south of here, huh? Well, yeah, my last um, the last time that I fished. Uh, within the last few days was Saturday, the day that we had that really bad front um, with all that wind and cold weather. I actually went to Venice and duck hunted and kind of did a cast and blast. And um, on the way back in, you know, we kind of were going towards the river, going to run across the river to Baptiste, saw how rough the river was, kind of scratched that idea. We are trying to wait around a little bit uh, until the wind would die down. And believe it or not, we jigged probably, or I jigged probably, 10 to 12 trout in the jump in some nasty water and wind. And then um, we kind of bypassed the whole, the whole Baptiste Colette thing and then ran back up Tiger Pass and killed a limited duck. So we had a pretty good, pretty good day considering the weather conditions. It was really brutally cold out there. Outstanding. What is this, uh, what is this good hard front done with the ducks? Is that? Honestly, if you want to choose it, it's kind of, you would expect, um, You'd expect it would have pushed some new birds down and it would, would kind of had them active, but it really kind of scattered them out. And most of the big ducks, as far as uh, where we were hunting, they kind of packed their bags and left. And I'm not sure where they went, um, but I know, I mean, most, there's still, there still are good, you know, concentration of ducks in the Venice area. They're just, number one, they're highly pressured and they're kind of stale. You really got to change your tactics if you're going to kill them. Cause you know, they've seen a lot by now mm-hmm, and um, mm-hmm. most of them, most of them are kind of wrapping up in the middle of bays or, um, or sitting out on the Gulf. And we've been adjusting by just throwing out, you know, three to four or five dozen pull do decoys with maybe two or three big ducks mixed in. Cause I think they kind of seek that shape, that safety that them pull do provide, you know, they, they kind of concentrate on that. And you can see it when you're hunting, uh, you can see ducks nonstop just going and landing with the raft to pull do. So eventually we just made the decision to switch it up and, and we had pretty good success. The teal are still around everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. We were killing a lot of teal and passing on a lot of teal as well. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, shift over to the North Shore. Uh, tough time to fish the North Shore. Um, have you heard anything of those trout stuck at the trestles past this cold weather or what? Yeah, I actually have not. Not from first-hand experience, but I've seen several uh, of my friends and 
people that I'm, you know, friends with on social media that are still catching water. I mean, I was still catching trout despite the muddy water and dirty water and cold conditions. Actually, as of today, I saw a couple of posts on Facebook of people um, that wow. actually caught, yeah, actually caught trout at the Highway 11 Bridge and the trestles, and they were good-sized trout. But they did mention it was a lot slower, and it was a struggle, and um, most of them didn't get bit until – you know, that midday, you know, early afternoon range mm-hmm. where it actually kind of warmed up today a little bit. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, definitely did. Definitely did. Now, I heard a, a report of uh, somebody catching redfish uh, around the Wrigley's, and, and they said it was like one cast after the other. Like, it was, I mean, you're just so thick in there. Have you heard anything like that? Yeah, I've been uh, not necessarily in the Wrigley's area, but I know – um, from past experience and from um, that whole Shell Beach, uh, Delacro, Reggio area, I know whenever you get a good hard freeze and a good good cold front that comes through the, the following few days after that, the redfish really stack up in the deep water and they're really easy to catch. And you can see that, you know, again, on all the reports and, and different pictures people are posting that everybody's actually catching fish off the side of the road. So that doesn't mm-hmm. really surprise me that much. Um, you just got to kind of change your tactics and stick and move a little bit. But I think, you know, they got to eat their fish. You know, they're just like you and me. They're going to eat every day. They might only eat for a certain amount of time. You know, they might go a day without eating or they might be kind of shut off. But eventually, you know, they're going to have to eat despite how cold it is or despite how hard the wind's blowing, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, when was your last trip uh, on the North Shore, you know, the North Shore area? I went Wednesday, Thursday. And Friday of last week, um, we did really well Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. I kind of had to scratch the trip. Um, we had a little bit, I think that was the day we had some rain, if I'm not mistaken, or the wind was blowing. I'm not really sure. I don't really remember. But yeah. Wednesday, Friday, I, I think that came through. I think all that, that bad weather came through. I think that front was coming through. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Friday. Yeah. We didn't, I don't even think we really, uh, caught anything Friday or really, tried to on Friday, but Wednesday and Thursday, right before the front, we did have um, a lot of success. The water was muddy. I don't know if you remember, but last week it did rain uh, mm-hmm. a little earlier in the week, and the water was a little stained. We just had to kind of adjust adjust our uh, our color and, and the size of the, the jig head because the tide was really, really falling, like probably one of the hardest uh, falling tides I've seen in a while. Fishing the Wrigley's area was falling really hard, and it was the uh, same conditions we've been experiencing seems like every time I go it's just misty foggy like mm-hmm. low pressure just real muggy conditions but um the fish are still there I, I know they're still there now honestly in my opinion I think they're going to be there um you know for a while I don't think they're going anywhere unless we get a couple more of these real hard freezes and real cold cold weather conditions but I think they're still there and you can see it I mean a lot of people I know like I said are catching fish and they're catching quality fish that you might just have to might have to adjust your tactics to try and, you know, catch a little bit more lethargic of fish. You know, they're not necessarily as active as they would be. Yeah. Now, uh, Go Hagen's Canal, uh, do you mess around with Go Hagen's at all? Never have fished it. Um, I've been in there a couple times. I mean, I've fished it a couple times, never fished it with success. Um, I'm more familiar, not not necessarily related, but I'm more f- familiar with the Eden Isles and uh, Lakeshore States Canals. I night fish all the way up until um, probably two weeks ago. I was night fishing Eden Isles and catching at least probably 
I don't know, 15 to 20 trout and um, a couple of bass, a handful of bass every trip. Me and Luke, I actually brought Luke O'Neill um, with me one time, me and him. It was one of the slower trips we had, but I think we finished with like 15 trout and three or four bass. He can catch a bass anywhere he goes. It's unbelievable. Yeah. He, you could put him in, you could put him on the causeway, he'll probably catch a bass. But it's hard to believe, but it's it surprised me that those fish, I, I really think they live in Eden Isles and, and they stick around. <laughs> yeah stick around those lights because the pogies, the, there's just so many pogies congregated around those lights, I guess, because the water's a little bit warmer around those lights. I'm not sure what it is, but even then. You talking still about a, bass? Are you talking no, I'm talking about, about trout. Oh, okay. I'm talking about trout. Okay. okay. No, we so catch I was bass tell you as that, well. Yeah. Well, you could tell by the tagging because they actually do the tagging for the bass as well. Well, they used to. I don't, you know, I don't know if that tagging program is going to stick or, or what's going to happen with it, but, um, and the the bass are totally cre- different creatures. I mean, the, the, they stay, you know, basically a, a certain canal is their home, you know, and it's not right. anything like the trout, which was very interesting. So I thought you were talking about the bass, but you think the the trout get up in there and and, and stay there? What's the what's at some depth back in there, the Lakeshore yeah, State Canal? Uh, more more familiar with the depths in Eden Isles. Uh, I know that it's pretty similar. Um, you get some spots where you got you know, an average of 13 to 14 feet. Then you get some spots because, you know, mostly man-made. You get some spots where, you know, it drops off into 18, 19 feet of water. Mm-hmm. But um, mostly we've been concentrating. But now this is all before the front, like just to clarify that. I don't know what they're doing now, but before the front, um, we were concentrating around the 13, you know, 12-foot range. But that cold front might have pushed them a little bit deeper. But the baits in both of those canals – and I, I really expected or always have thought that to be a springtime, you know, fall especially, and at night and during the summertime um, when, the, when the salinity is real high and, and the water's warm. You know, I thought that was mm-hmm. primarily when that happened. But we've actually been doing really well on the trout in Lakeshore. I mean, in the Isles underneath the lights at night. Um, like I said, just had to change your tactics. We've been fishing. Uh, most of the fish have been – uh, about five or six feet off the light towards the middle of the canal. And you almost same thing as it goes back, uh, as I've been fishing lately, you kind of just not really too much action on the bait, just kind of keep it in the same spot and just dead sticking it and allowing them to come up. And you just kind of feel a dead weight on there. It's like, they're just, I mean, just kind of lethargic, just looking for something, just easy opportunity for them, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's transition to after the front. It's going to be tough fishing. Um, what would you suggest to anybody just wanting to go out and catch some fish? I, I got to think that, uh, bass is going to be, be their best option. huh? I mean, yeah, you can't beat uh bass fishing this time of year. Um, you and I know just as well that, uh, cane bayou is a really good wintertime option when the water gets cold. A lot of people have a lot of success in cane bayou. Um, for whatever reason, I'm not sure what that is. Uh, but it is similar, you know, with a couple other bodies around here. Um, I would definitely, if you're looking at, especially on those windier days when you can't get out into the lake or into the Wrigley's area, Cane Bayou, um, Eden Isles, Bayou Lacombe, those are all good options. And um, also wouldn't look past, you know, some deeper holes in in those areas, not necessarily Cane Bayou, but uh, Bayou Lacombe and Eden Isles and Lakeshore States and the whole Wrigley's area, some deeper holes. Um, fishing for redfish and trout you could either fish artificial um, like we've been doing with uh, shushu and the matrix shad 
Um, we've been switching to a half ounce jig head, uh, and it has a lot faster of a fall, but your bait tend to stick, tends to stick a lot closer to the bottom, which is kind of where those fish are sitting. But um, you could also, a lot of people are catching redfish with just dead shrimp on a jig head. I, I mean, that's how they're catching them, you know, off the side of the road down there, and that's how they're catching them in slide L2. So, I mean, either way, and that's a good way to get the kids involved if you have, you know, young anglers with you. You, there's plenty of fish you can catch. You might not necessarily fill the box up, but you'll catch some some puppy drum and uh, you know even a catfish just just to keep the kids interested. You know that's what we've been doing lately when I've taken some uh, younger younger people with me. Oh yeah, those, those freshwater cats are out there. Um, even in the lake, you know, you can pick up a few of those. I got to think you, you should be able to pick up a few maybe by that right seal canal or in a chifuncta and other big yeah. catfish. I wouldn't disagree with that. You know, I mean, we bow fish them out there you know, most mostly during the summer, but they have some big catfish that that congregate oh, back there, especially by the bulkhead, like you said, mm-hmm. back there by the where the drains and where that tide really concentrates. I, I'd venture to say that's a good. It's a good point. That's probably another good good option. That's real close. You know, you probably don't burn any gas going back there, less than a gallon, and and you have the opportunity to catch bass you know, catfish and even maybe, you know, some redfish, a couple of small redfish or maybe some sockele, things like that. I mean, that's another great option. It's a good point. You brought that up. Yep. Okay, so let's let's narrow it down. Somebody wants to go catch bass. What would you do if you were going to catch bass on the North Shore tomorrow? That's a tough question. Um cuz you know, I don't I haven't been really focusing on yeah. bass lately. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> not enough. Been, not enough rum in that brain. Not a, just a, all right. Well, take a take a trip out and, and put put bass in that brain for a second and, and try to shift gears. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know the 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 warm just weather. Just going off a of past, you know, going off a of past January, you know, cold weather. Bass typically, you know, it stays the same. It's kind of like sockeye fishing. They, they don't they don't appear in the same holes like sockeye, but. You know, you could pretty much bet on them being in the same areas. My bet is, is Bayou Cane. Uh, I have a soft spot in my heart for Bayou Cane in the winter. I don't know what it is, probably because I've just always caught bass, you know, there. Even in, in the muddy water, um, we throw those traps, and it's like, I guess they hear it in the muddy water, and it's bam, you know. Well, we'll find uh, the you. drains. Those drains, you can, you know, you can use muddy water to your benefit. Um, those fish want to eat, and they can't see anything in that muddy water. They're going to find clean water. If you can find a drain that's draining clear water, you can isolate those fish into that clean water, you know? I agree completely. That's probably the, the route that I would go. Um, it depends on it depends on the weather, you know, if it's a little bit warmer. If the wind's not blowing, you can just forget it. I'm not going bass fishing. I'll just tell you right now, I'm not, I'm not doing it. But if the wind's blowing or – if I was going, you know, specifically for bass, I'd agree. I think Cane Bayou is a safe bet. Um, like you said, I don't know what it is about the wintertime there. Even with muddy water, um, it just con- they congregate a lot better. And I, it's almost like they school up as if they would in the springtime. You can kind of catch them and figure them out, you know, based off where the clean water's draining out. I know they got a bunch of runoffs and cuts out of Cane Bayou uh, further towards the lake. And they all stack up with bass. I mean, you could catch them any kind of way you really want. Um, you know, the rattle trap, like you mentioned, I know you had a good video um, catching bass and came by you with rattle traps. But you could also fish that Shushu Texas rig. You know, fishing it slow, a uh, slower time, you know, slower presentation for wintertime as well. I think 
mm-hmm. that for some reason they congregate a lot a lot better and they they kind of ambush and school up uh, during the winter during the colder colder weather in Cane Bayou. It's kind of kind of backwards to me. I mean, I know bass fishing is good during the winter time. Don't get me wrong, but it, it's it's exceptionally good in Cane Bayou, in my opinion. Yeah, and I can't figure it out because I always thought it came by you as one of the shallower um, bayous on the North Shore. So that would you would think it would that would eliminate um, uh, you know the deep water, the bass congregating in the deeper water. But right. for some reason, you know, they're, man, they're in there, and maybe it's pressure. Maybe maybe that you know the only people that fly through there I've noticed in, in the winter is those those catfish guys. They're in the flatboats and they they jetting out. I guess they're running lines or something out in the lake or something. But yeah, uh, the kayakers, yeah, yeah, kayakers, the kayakers are, are, the kayakers are, you know, they, they pretty much, there's not too many of them. It's not like summertime when they just, you know, by you can could be them big old hordes of, uh, (laughs) tourists or whatever. And it's like 20, 20 kayaks coming down. But, uh, you'd be surprised though, because I made a couple of trips earlier, you know, considered, I guess you consider it fall time around in October, early November in my mud boat to go fish those uh the cuts off of goose point uh i know we've fished there and talked about fishing there before um, mm-hmm. i went to go check a couple of those spots a couple of times and you'd be surprised they actually do have a lot of people that are out there in cold weather and kayaks and i'm just looking at them like wow y'all really must mm. not be from this state because yeah it's like 25 i mean not 25 like 35 40 degrees and they're out there and well long sleeve t-shirt and a kayak i'd never be able to do it <laughs> yeah all right, Zach, let's look forward to um, – I know we're jumping forward a little bit. I know we got some, some more cold weather to go, but let's let's jump forward to these reefs. The reefs have not produced the artificial reefs, the shell pads. have not. At least I haven't heard of, of any production, and I've you know, talked to several people. What When do you usually target these reefs? I know you're the first one out there. Um, Typically, these reefs are, are, I mean, right when the transition is coming, I mean, it, it just starts to just warm up or this cold starts to let up. It seems like, well, if you could time it right, you can get on one of the shell pads or something and catch these trout coming through, and it's it's just like trestle trout. I mean, just big, big trout one after the other. Um, what can, What's your calendar set to as far as these, these shell pads and these reefs go? Really? Um, I know we had a really good trip out there a few years ago. I guess it was probably in the March. It was a little chilly that morning. I remember it was probably the March um, time frame. But I mostly just go usually based off water temperature. But now you got to remember this year is a lot different. This is a lot different of a year than, than we've had in the past as far as the mild winter we've had, as far as how long these trout have stuck at the bridge. Um, mm-hmm. They were a little bit later like usual. You know, they've been getting there a little bit later. But um, they've stuck around, and they're still sticking around now, which leads me to believe, I mean, that's only a good thing because if you think about all those trout that that are in this area and that were in this area in the fall that are spawning here, I mean, that's only, only going to benefit our fishery. But honestly, I don't really have a specific time pattern or a time mm-hmm. window that I go check those spots. The biggest thing I can't stress enough is just is just to go and just to go check. If you get favorable conditions – you know, and the water's decent, decently, it's not muddy water or, you know, there's decent salinity. I would, I mean, I would never put past even going out there tomorrow, honestly, because when you think really? about it, it's, I mean, it, think about it. Those fish are at the trestles. We know, mm-hmm. you know, they're at the trestles, you know, they're at the highway 11 bridge, you know, they're at the twin Spain, you know, they're in the Wrigley's hospital wall, that whole area. What, mm-hmm. I mean, other than the salinity 
from from the trestles to the Bayou Lacombe rig, the, uh, the reef, the reef out of Bayou Lacombe, the one pilot, it can't be what maybe five miles. No, it's miles? not. No, it's at not. the most. Yeah. At the most. It's, yeah, the salinity doesn't miles. change. On, yeah, on that map, the salinity doesn't change. When you get past Bayou Lacombe, it starts to change down. But uh, typically, it's you know, it's about the same in that area as the trestles. So right. So you got to think. There's no. There's not a visible line. You know, like an equator, just cutting them off from passing the trestles. And I think a lot of people have that kind of mindset that you know they <laughs> they didn't yeah. they don't go they don't go further west. I mean, I honestly I haven't I hate to say it because I haven't done it yet and tried it. I've wanted to, but I've been catching such good quality fish around the Wrigley's area. I wouldn't put it past those fish, honestly, being at that rig out of or at that reef, excuse me, out of uh, Bayou Lacombe right now. To tell you the truth, really? I might be spoiling somebody's secret right now without even knowing, but I wouldn't put it past hmm. it. Why wouldn't they be? Think about it. They're in the same yeah. depth of water yeah. as they are at the trestles. They're doing the same thing. The bait's there. You know, it's it's three miles away from each other. The salinity's the same. Um, and, and, I mean, I, I wouldn't put past going to start checking that, you know, within the next day or two or even the yeah. next couple of weeks, you know, especially as it starts to warm up. Isn't that the ultimate home run swing right there, boy? You go to that spot and there's no telling, you know, <laughs> what can right. happen. I mean, you could whiff or you could come back with a trip like we did where it's just just unbelievable. I mean. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, there's no there's no real – you don't ever really go out there and catch a few. You never no, really no. go out there they're and catch a few. They're either there or, or they're not. Right. Exactly. And, and, that's, you, and, and that's, can, like, that's like yeah. Lemos, too, it, it seems like. That's like Lemos Reef, too. They're either exactly. there. I mean, if you can find them coming through, that's like the redfish too. And the redfish come through there. I mean, you're just and gonna get you're gonna get paylaid, you know, or you're not gonna get anything. You know. And that's most of the reefs that I fish. It seems that way. They're either there, or they're not, like you said. And that might sound stupid to most normal people. They're like, oh well, of course they're there, or they're not. But I mean, you're not gonna catch a few fish. No, you know, I know what you mean. Just here and there. Trailers, yeah, you're not yeah. gonna catch a few yeah. fish. Just random yeah. fish. They're and the, the the bad thing about it is, is you know just as much as I do, is that those sometimes those fish might not be on. And you might fish for three hours and not get a bite, and then all of a sudden you leave, and 30 minutes later it's like a light switch, and all of a sudden they're every cast. So I'll make it a habit to, you know, I won't stick around long. I'll show up and fish my way around that reef, especially the one pile, and I'll fish my way around. Um, if I don't get bit, I'll, I'll go do something else. But I'll make it a point to always check that either on the way back home or on the way back into Bayou Lacombe because you never know what could have changed. The bait could have blew up on the reef or, or on the on the flats on the outside of the reef. The tide could have changed. Some, anything could have happened to turn those fish on. And, and it's always worth checking, in my opinion. I'll never run past that that uh, that reef without checking it unless I have you know my limit in the box already. Pretty much. I mean, it's always worth worth a shot for me. And you could, like you said, you could always run into redfish there too. You have the chance yeah. running anything. Good point. Good point. All right, we're gonna close it out here, Zach. When's the next time you going? Um, actually, going Thursday. Uh, I'm thinking about doing something a little different. I'm kind of. Uh, we've been running into a few random big redfish on the um, trestles in the Highway 11 bridge. And I'm talking, we've, we've caught probably maybe two to three a trip. But um, the the last trip, we probably caught one that was over 28 pound, or twenty eight inches, a couple other ones that were in the 20-pound range. So I think I'm going to go try and sight fish some redfish um, on Thursday if the weather permits, just to try and get on some bigger fish. Okay. 
Well, good luck, Zach, and uh, thank you for joining us. I uh, hope, hope we, 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 you know, listeners learn something, and um, we're going to pick back up with this tomorrow. It's going to be January Appreciate 10th. It, our 10th Thank show. you for having me. I'll be uh, I'll be posting a report on Friday or Thursday night letting you know how I do, man. All right. Be safe out there, Zach. All right. Take it easy, Keith. All right. Bye.